All right, and we're back. Thanks for uh, thanks for tuning in. We got a very special episode today, so um, I'm I'm gonna get out of my own way and uh, uh, just get to it. This is a new segment on the podcast called Pratiti Picks. Now, if you don't know who Pratiti is, that is my lovely wife who I posted about last night. Substack. Uh, we had. Uh, a recommendation from her actually something she's been trying to get me to watch for a long time parks and recreation it's a it's a little nbc sitcom that ran for uh seven eight years i don't know if you heard of it but you know i certainly hadn't heard of it the way that she had i guess you know i thought it was eh, i thought it was mid it was whatever but she twisted my arm and I fell in love with it uh, almost as much as I fell in love with her. So maybe more, maybe more. Actually, you want to you want to comment on that at all? Well, thank you for the long winded intro. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, boy, ask me to jump in. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for coming. You're taking happy, time out of your busy schedule to join me. Happy to be here. I also live here, so kind of hard to avoid. (laughs) (laughs) Let's talk about some news. So uh, apparently uh, our birthday is coming up. I didn't realize you were a journalist. I'm not a journalist. I'm just saying that, like, you know, some fun stuff is coming up. Interesting. This is like, it's not news as in, like, I'm reporting pop culture news at this moment it's kind of like when when it's you're like doing a, dishes and i pop over to you and be like hey did you hear about this thing that's kind of like what this segment is uh, just like for everybody else on my birthday um which is coming up very soon that is true uh tenet is coming back to theaters and <sighs> i want to go can you go with me that would be really fun are you making me go with you you don't have to go with me i'll go by myself no don't say it like that <laughs> i'll go with you it would be it would be good if we don't have to go if we don't have time oh or anything my like that. gosh it's just limited engagement only uh, you know you know I, I, I didn't get to see it because there was you know something called uh COVID 19 happening at the time it was released in theaters so you know, was not trying to to get sick when that happened seems so. reasonable yeah I guess you're twisting my arm. Oh, <laughs> the twister has become the twisty. <laughs> uh, but yes, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep it moving uh, because we got a lot to cover. Um, some more news: Beyonce, Taylor Swift, Ariana Grande, JT, Dua Lipa, all the new tracks. Mm-hmm. So, uh, would you say pop music is back? Or is it Was pop whack? music gone? <laughs> it's I'm, never left. What is this tagline? <laughs> I just want to say I'm very excited about Taylor's new album. Because I, because I want to hear the tea. The tea. I want to hear... The transit authority the, of Pittsburgh. <laughs> I want to hear... The story, the dates, the drama. Did you hear one of the songs are, is called like, But Daddy, I Love Him. It makes sense. It's just, 
Uh, I don't know. It seems very Tumblr coded. Very... I'm, I'm not very. I, I looked at the track list. I'm like, ah, is this going to be cringe? Is she going back to cringe era Taylor? If you liked Reputation, which I know you did, I I low key like it. I don't love so it. Then I don't understand how this is any different. I, no, I, what, oh, what? Now you're too good for that. What's, what's different now is you that have taste. she released Folklore, Evermore, and Midnight's it like all in a row. So I'm like, if she goes back to cringe like i don't know we might see the taylor fall off at this point don't quote me on that because uh that would be a very like like extremely hot take and so um i i, I mean i don't think she's gonna fall off i i'm immediately oh. walking back what i'm saying uh, <laughs> i just think it's such a dumb title i'm not gonna lie to you i think it sounds like a little pretentious but that's just that's well, just my opinion yeah, no. the tortured poet society department whatever <laughs> it just sounds like it's like we got men's we got women's and we got tortured poets back here it's at this department new, store it's the new macy's you know oh yeah like you macy starts to like branding stuff like they have tortured poets banners on the back of their stores just every subcategory is a different poet edgar Allan poe <laughs> All right, now we're going to get into the episode. So, uh, Parks and Recreation. Mm -hmm. Your thoughts? Well, it's one of my favorite shows of all time. I watched it first in high school. And the show is just... The plot is as good as its characters. And it's one of the few shows where at the end... I literally felt like there was a hole in my heart. I was so sad it was over. So I knew you would love it, and yet it took me almost eight years to get you to watch it. Uh, no, I, oh. I mean, uh, I mean, I for the last half year, I'd say. I hope you hear this back yeah. and hear the little stuttering you did as yeah. you l- lie your way through this. Okay, I am. Well, I'm, the reason why is because <laughs> it it just had such a shaky start for me that I just did not like the first season for me. It's just. It's trying a really hard to be the office in a way that's like cringy, it's so and cringy. I, I just like those first six episodes. And honestly, a lot of that second season mm-hmm. was just like so hard to get into. And you just kept saying like, "It's gonna get better. It's gonna get better." Mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't know. Like, this is kind of like why are you doubt mid. me. I told you, I'm always right. <laughs> <laughs> But no, I do. I agree. It took me six to eight months to watch that first season. And then I think I blew through the rest of it within two or three months. Well, honestly, the it's cut. It's because of literally two characters. Well, first of all, you have to talk about the, the boring dude. Because there, there are three white Stop, guys. Stop, that's so mean. No, there's, there's, We're not bullying on this platform. I'm not bullying him. I'm just saying his character was so boring. And we are talking about Mark who was the most sane person, I think, out of the whole cast. Mark was just living his life, okay? Yeah, it was just... I Leslie feel like... liked him. He See, I don't. I Anne. forgot about that. Yeah. It was a thing. They sat on a bench by that park that they didn't build yet. Oh, yeah, that's right. And um, then he laughed without any real explanation. I don't think they ever showed him again once Ben Wyatt showed up. <sighs> Ben Wyatt. Yeah, that's honestly what I really wanted to talk about is Ben and Chris when they show up. 
like that's when I find a way was like, oh, so this show is like really, really good. Like it's because the, there's such well developed characters that um, that have a distinct presence, mm-hmm. but at the same time, like they fill like Ben filled that hole of like the straight man, the real the realism aspects that Mark had, while Chris Traeger like balanced it out with like something like so bombastic. Ben you know? Wyatt reminds me of you which is why he reminded me of me too it's the absolute love of my life although ben wyatt also reminds me of me and his love of board games so there is that codes of dunshire is what an amazing game honestly i think i would love that game do they actually have that game no because i would buy it you know you know my impulse you know control is pretty low about correct but i also know your like that. your lack of attention to learn games it's like it, well it's like a <laughs> strategy game right so like terraforming mars is very much on the same level of like a cone and adventure. how many times did it take me to teach you to how to play terraforming mars well, i didn't want to learn it like you're colonizing a you're planet so mean I didn't all right it. all right we digress we Next. digress but yes um since you were talking about ben i wanted to talk about the dynamics between not just like ben and leslie but you know also some other major relationships in the series you know ron and diane it was one that really won me over by the end but uh, honestly like i feel like the way that the show depicted relationships was so authentic and just like very genuine hopeful in a way that was like realistic and grounded in real life experience and it was honestly it's one of the few comedies and sitcom-esque shows that depicts healthy growing relationships that aren't dependent on this like codependency in order to like move the plot forward yeah i totally agree like i mean i want to start with ben and leslie because i i think like their relationship you know i i like to I always like to look at, you know, uh, sitcoms like Friends as kind of like the benchmark for relationship-based comedy and things like that. But, you know, I looked at Ben and Leslie and I I kept on comparing it to like Monica and Chandler or like um, Lily and Marshall from How I Met Your Mother. But then Mm -hmm. I found myself like, like kind of looking at their relationships in, in the way that, that the writing had portrayed them in some aspects, like in Friends or How I Met Your Mother, where I, I felt like they dropped the ball on certain, you know, characteristics of what makes a relationship authentic and real. I don't and know. Like, I, I just, I feel like Parks and Rec actually showed Ben and Leslie with... Like they had their level of optimism was there, mm-hmm. um, but it wasn't like this kind of pie in the sky optimism. It was grounded in real what life and phrase? growing with each other. Pie in the sky. Who is that, says that? I don't know. What I, does that mean? I've never heard that. You, before. you're the one you used. <laughs> I've never it. used it before. <laughs> <laughs> who said that? I don't. I didn't. Who jumped on the podcast and started coming up with phrases? Coming up with their own phrases. I'm going to just start saying random things Watch like it be malarkey. Malarkey. <laughs> Tomfoolery. Anyways, sorry. But yes. As um, you were. No, I, I, I think that the Ben and Leslie aspect just was very mature and how it 
it portrayed aspirations, mm-hmm. not just like yes. as a couple, but aspirations when it comes to career. And how yeah. that ties into sacrifice in a relationship when people have two different paths and in, in order to like compromise and find like some place to meet together so you can live your life together. Yeah, I agree. I think like the other shows have always done a good job at establishing good dynamics in relationships as well as like establishing their own personalities outside of the relationship with especially with like lily and marshall um because they weren't like perfect characters with perfect traits yeah but i think that they always relied on their like quote-unquote forever friendships to like run forward rather than like the plot being driven by events that happen in life and time running the plot forward which i think parks and red wow parks and Rec, parks and red yeah. <laughs> parks and rack did really well and i think it just gives it i agree like this authenticity to the relationship and it's just so heartwarming and so sweet and just so real that ah i feel it like the way that they cover like even with april and andy too you know i I like how their relationship was often used like early on as kind of like a gag like a punchline you know Mm -hmm. purposefully and it's harmless I, i actually really like the early seasons and how they get married so quickly and it's just so chaotic and fun and yeah and it matches their character because their characters are chaotic and fun and it's but just as they grow up and become you know more responsible mm-hmm. and more driven about what they want to do in their lives it's like they still don't lose that whimsical aspect of their characters mm-hmm. so it still bleeds into their relationship but they you get to see that growth and change from a very mature perspective and it's like like the way they set them up it was like you were so sure that they were doomed like they had to fail and then as the seasons go on and as they show growth then you're like wow they've both grown and they both have changed through life and changed together and they no longer eat out of frisbees and their house becomes (laughs) habitable and oh my god they open a bank account Really, that would be a very stressful way to live. I, I would just not. die every time that Ben Wyatt would like give them <laughs> advice about. Anytime Ben would give advice to anyone, it's anytime just, Ben would look at the camera, honestly. Yeah, it was a very it like killed me. <laughs> like John Krasinski, obviously gold standard of like that level of comedy, but it's just I feel different. Like ben, like Adam Scott, did that so well too. Where it's like, I don't know, you felt like you were really in on the joke. Which obviously well, is I feel the like for intention. Adam Scott, it was more like, "Am I in the joke?" Like he's just not sure. Oh, yeah, if this like is the reality. little Sebastian he's stuff. He's like, "What is happening? Am I? Is this for real? Is this real life? Or are you gonna like pinch me and I'm gonna wake well, up?" It's like that. Um, like you know, by my estimations, they're gonna be you know bankrupt by the end of this <laughs> sentence. Like it's just it's stuff like that where I so I love how. Michael Schur is able to ground the show yeah. while also having it be zany and silly and weird and fun all the time. Like, I think that's what Michael Schur is so good at doing. Um, even like in Brooklyn Nine-Nine and um, The Good Place where you have like 
all these characters that are heightened to an 11 when you meet them and they just keep going up and up and up. Mm -hmm. But like he makes sure that the relatable aspects of, of just going through life and, you know, having to deal with change, having to deal with adversity. Um, Um, Spoiler alert. The good place. They start out dead. So you can't go through life. Oh my, okay. <laughs> I was like, are you, are you about to spoil the ending of The Good Place on this? Uh, but you spoiled the beginning. so. <laughs> also, that show ended like two, three years ago at this four, point. Four years ago. Four years ago. Yeah, no, which is crazy. It, it ended right before the pandemic, actually. No, it didn't. 2020, yeah. No, it didn't. We were watching it on my couch. Was it was uh, in 2020. Yeah. You're lying. You can look it up right now. I know I'm right. But... Also, the pandemic was four years ago when yeah. it started. And you know, the Chiefs and Niners were in the Super Bowl Stop four years not ago. not you... Oh my God. <laughs> All the similarities. Ugh. Is Ugh. 2024 the new 2020? Who knows? That's not this kind of podcast, though. I was going to so. say, was the Super Bowl canceled? But like the pandemic happened in March, so that doesn't make sense. They had a Super Bowl the next year, though. That yes. Yeah. The vaccines were out by No, then. they weren't. Yeah, they were. Well, in December of 2020. Are we going to get in an argument about <laughs> COVID right now? <laughs> okay, then let's just talk about Ron. Because I, I, I think Ron might be my favorite character in the entire John, show. John, you say this about every character of no, every know. show of all time. I might have earlier in the... In, in the podcast may have said that Ben Wyatt is my favorite character, but oh, I'm changing my mind. You know what? Andy is my favorite character, oh, and but then, also Tom. And, but then also Leslie, but then also everyone else. And it's then a, also every show. It's like that joke. You know, <laughs> there's, there's a joke in family guy where they start like making fun of like succession where it's like, Oh yeah, I'm just going to like hang out with my friends and like talk about succession by just like naming characters in the, in the show. And they're like, Oh Yeah. But Shiv, and they're like, yeah, Shiv. And Tom, oh yeah, Tom. And it's like, that's, that's really how I talk about succession with people. That is so funny. <laughs> but like, with Ron, I feel, yes, to get back on track with, because you keep on making fun of me loving characters. Oh my oh, God. It's such a terrible thing that I, you change my favorite every five seconds. It loses its meaning. <laughs> Oh my god. I think it adds meaning. Of course it does. Because it shows you how much these characters can change my mind in you, such a quick you're time You're so right. It adds meaning. Meaning you have no favorite. Because you don't understand what that word means. I don't know what it means at all, actually. <laughs> uh, whatever. Right. Well, Anyways. My, well, what's your favorite episode, then? How about no, that? No, we're not done talking about Ron. <laughs> <laughs> now you're getting back on track. What do you want to talk about with Ron? I'm very well, curious. I want to talk about Ron because I, I think, like... Uh, well, first of all, Nick Offerman's performance, like, I, I think, yeah, obviously, Amy Poehler, you know, goes without saying, nominated for an Emmy for, like, six years in a row for this. Like, mm-hmm. obviously, one of the best, you know, comedic performers of her generation. She's incredible. You said of all time. <laughs> now, listeners. Me dealing with my superlatives. Go John ahead, Dudley, tell them. not only has every is a favorite of every character that exists but every show he watches that he likes becomes the most niche category of favorite of all time you know this it's is a, true 
It's the it's the best show of all time, the best show in the last century, the best show in the last decade, the best show of the, the last seven comedy. years. Yeah. Anyways, it doesn't matter. But yeah. yeah. But well, what I'm trying to say is that Ron is the best character of, of all time. the last you know decade eight years played by <laughs> Nick Offerman. Actually, that's not true because The Last of Us. But like, you know, I I think you see him winning an Emmy for the last of us this past year. And I look back uh, at, you know, at his performance in parks and rec. And I just see like all, all of that was there. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I, I don't think that in the time that parks and rec was airing that, um, that Nick Offerman got, as much credit as he should have. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like it's like Emmy award worthy performances all across the board every single season. But I, I think that's also testament to how good the rest of the supporting cast is. Cause like, I know people have their thoughts about Chris Pratt and you know what he's like now, which is really interesting to me because he's no longer that scrappy goofy himbo guy. But like, stop. <laughs> I loved what he did in the show. So and are we I love what Aziz and Sorry did. Are we talking about? No, what I'm what I'm trying to say is that like, even though Ron is clearly for me like the standout supporting character, uh-huh. uh The fact that a level of performance like his did not get singled out as much as it did is testament to how good all the other supporting characters yes. around him are. I totally agree. Like Rob Lowe, for instance, like as Chris Traeger, oh insanely good. Which is also insane. It's just <laughs> literally insane. I can't tell you how many times like Chris Traeger's oh like just being neurotic just made me laugh so hard. Okay, but I gotta say, as good as all of the characters are, can we just talk about how boring Anne is? Yeah, what's up with Anne? I I don't know what it is. Rashida Jones, it's she started to no, click with me amazing. towards the end, but first of all, she's amazing, and I really do love the like female friendship that they have, like the best friends aspect of like Anne and Leslie. But like everyone else is just so over the top and so like has their own designated personality. And I just feel like, and I know. That's why Anne was with Mark, because he was boring too. Stop. (laughs) It's just like, she she spends almost all of the series being like everyone else's personality. And I just hated that. I felt like she finally gained her own personality around season five. To be a normal, stable human. Even then, there was no real, like, distinct. I actually disagree, because I feel like when she finally recognized that what she wanted was to be with Chris and for them to have a child together, like, I, I feel like you see a big change in Anne where she's like, I'm done you know, following the lead that other people have given me, I'm going to like, you know, I'm going to carve out my own story and legacy. And I really liked that. Yeah. I, I was actually really moved by their final episode. I mean, in the, yes. In the series. So was I. It was tear jerking. But oh, I you, think you turned over and looked at me and I was crying when Ben and Chris uh, had their last hug. Aww. So it's so just so sweet. And, and that's like, what makes this show great is that you'll be howling at, uh, like 
Andy and Tom saying something so stupid. And then the, the next moment, you know, Ron will say something to Leslie that you're just gets you thinking about life, gets you thinking about like your future, your legacy, that kind of thing. So what is our legacy? What is our legacy? Tell me. You tell me. I don't know. Right now, my legacy is to like wake up. <laughs> wake up and go face to work. the day. <laughs> but like, I, you know, you say that, but look at look at Leslie Nope as our North Star in this scenario. She was working like a crummy um, government job, and then like before she knew it, she's like rising through the ranks and making knew, her way she knew where she was going yeah well you know where we're we're going you know we're going up yeah that's the only I mean, way to go yeah it's fine <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're going somewhere i'll tell you where else we're going we're going on to the next portion of this segment i want to talk about tonal progression in this show because i i think Obviously, first two seasons, like I said, you know, very, very difficult, I think, to get through because obviously Greg Daniels and Michael Schur didn't quite know what this was yet. First season and a half. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like when, when you get down to like season two, episode 20 something, like it really starts to like, you know, I think find out what it is. It's just so funny to me the way it clicks because it clicks in a way that you don't even realize it's clicked. But it just, at some point, you go from like, okay, I'm just watching this show to like all of a sudden you find yourself so invested. And then it just keeps going. And every season, the pace just picks up. Yeah, and it, I feel like they deal with different obstacles that make the stakes a lot bigger, but like still, it still feels like your your hometown Pawnee, Indiana show. They keep it like, you know, uh, down Grounded. to that level. Yeah. Um, whereas like they could they could have easily just taken bigger swings every single season, but that tone like just progressively ever so slightly just gets heightened a little bit more little by little but, but they match the stakes with it but what do you mean by heightened uh so it gets sillier obviously like it, they're not dealing with as many people that would have a rational view of life you, you know mean councilman jam wouldn't no, be i love that <laughs> oh my god i could not stand him he was so annoying he's so funny He's so he's like, stupid oh, and funny. He's so stupid. No, oh, I love that. Period. Well, that, that's that's my point, is that, like, because they were having to deal with stuff with, you know, a recount and, or, like, a recall vote, and they are dealing with, you know, going out to London and going to Washington for, like, major career changes. Yeah. As those bigger things started to happen that feel kind of, like, you know, out of this world yeah. for someone that, you know, when you look at it, they're from a small town, mm-hmm. um, they, they seem almost like impossible to grasp. Yeah. It felt more believable because as they were raising those stakes, they're also heightening that tone where all these silly things are happening across the town. Like Pawnee Eagleton merger, that stuff, some of that stuff is like, some of the silliest things I've ever seen in a sitcom, but it works because of all the the, the happenings that are going on around That's it. That's true. And then I think like every time they did 
venture outside of Indiana, it's like you would almost feel kind of disconnected from the show for a minute. And it yeah. didn't feel like the show. But then the fact that it would always come back to the chaos of the small town. And that really made you feel like home. And like, yeah. you know, family. Just dysfunction at its finest. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the symbolism, too, that like no matter what aspirations Leslie has... You know, she could be Pawnee anywhere. will always bring her down. Yeah, or, <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, like, Pawnee, Pawnee's always her heart, but I mean, you could go that way, too. I mean, her heart can also sink. Bring her down. Yeah, sink her. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, oh man. Oh, my God. But, yes, I, I totally think that, like, you know, when it comes to the idea of, like, smart meeting sappy at the same time, like, wit it's meeting, like... It's not sappy. No, sappy in a good way. It was so like, good. It's like, it, like, the finale for me, you know, and this will... I'll go ahead and we can, we can wrap it up after this, but I want to talk about, like, just the finale. Wait, before we talk about the finale... Yes. You know, I was talking to a friend of mine, and oh. they said, oh, like... You know, do you have that one show that you always show all your friends? And I don't know if I've shown all my friends this, but I do know I showed you this. Or it's like they have, in order to know whether they get you or not, they have to like this one episode of this one show. And for me, that episode is Ben and Leslie's engagement. (laughs) I love I love that. I don't even know why. Because the episode in general is like fine up until the end. But their their proposal, when you talk about quote unquote sappy, it is just so, it's so heartfelt. Like it makes me teary every time I watch it. Well, I I mean, I do love the engagement episode because it's just like such a big it's such a big left hook you know that comes out of nowhere too the way that they do it they kind of ratchet up the suspense like they're gonna break up yeah and like they make it focused on a lot of other subplots yeah so that you're kind of taking your eye off the ball and i feel like you know we mentioned how i met your mother but but Carter Bays and uh, Craig Thomas, I think. Are those their names? You wouldn't know. <laughs> that is so rude. But I, do, you, do you know the creators that of How I Met Your Mother? That is besides the point. Okay. Carter Bays and Craig Thomas, like what they did was often like try to keep our eye off of the ball, like what the actual objective of the episode was. To find the mother. No, no, not about the mother. <laughs> Okay, I'll give you that. That was pretty good. Well, so, sometimes when they're not trying to distract us about the mother. Uh, that was like non-existent <laughs> for the entire series. No, there, there would be things, major life events that happen for uh, our characters. But the way that they would do it is you have all this commotion happening around other characters. So that by the time you actually get to the point of the episode, it catches you by surprise. And right. It, and... On network television, obviously, they you can't do that as much anymore because the surprise of network television is that everybody was collectively viewing it at the same time. So you could you can build an episode around that surprise because you know your fan base is going to be locked in as soon as they see that, right? I mean, and I, I think that's like, coming back. People like release episodes weekly now. I definitely think it is swinging back around. You know, I I think we're in a very 
weird state where you know you still have amazing shows like the bear that are going to get dropped every like every episode in one day which is like stupid does it really yeah yeah which is insane like it doesn't make sense like, Interesting. Could you I imagine mean, the buildup to Forks? I'm not mad about two? it because, like, I like binging. <laughs> like, well, that's the thing. The binge model is so successful right, because of that. So off topic. But no, what, what I'm what I'm saying is that like them taking our eye off the ball makes that that proposal hit so much harder. It makes the the wedding episode hit so much harder like when ron walks her down the aisle oh so like, sweet it just it was so unexpected to me because they had me thinking about what what are they going to do about jam and like how how are they going to handle ron punching him and everything like how what like they get your mind on the wrong things purposefully so that you're surprised by like the big things that are supposed to go right for these characters. And it's just... uh, And it's always the thing that they do that I love the most is, like, their biggest moments like that. They're, like, you would think are the grandest moments. They just make it so intimate. And it's, like... understated. And it just hits so much harder. Well, that's Uh, why I love the finale. Because you had told me, like, it's an all-timer of a finale going into it. It is. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm sure you will be fine with me saying I think it's one of the best of all time, you know, to it, use this superlatives. You know I, will, I will agree with you. You'll allow it? It is the best of all time. I think... You're, you need to stop saying one of the, because... It is one of the. Your one of the list it's is... It's a top an, 20. You your know? one of the list is, like, never-ending. I mean, you can always You're edit those lists. You're going to say it's a top 20? Every, no, not Parks and Rec is in uh, the top... Obviously, You're saying a, you've said it 20 times? Because we both know that's a lie. No, I'm saying Parks and Rec is definitely in my top five of sitcom finales of all time, for sure. Uh-huh. It's, like, right up there with, like, you know... I don't want to hear the list. What do you want to hear? Veep? Like, Veep is one of my favorite finales of all time. I I haven't seen it yet. Oh, yeah. Veep and 30 Rock are, like, up there for me. 30 Rock is good. I I think, well, we should cover 30 Rock on one of these segments. Because it's very, I feel like it's just so similar to Parks and Rec, but also so different. Because it's so much wackier and dumber. It's of the same time period, but it's so different. Yeah. And I, like... Tina Fey and I Amy Poehler just ruled yes. at that time. So they still do. I love them. Oh, yeah, I want to see them live. But like, um, when it comes to that finale, though, the reason I say it is you know so impactful and understated is the way that they did the flash forwards um, was so tasteful to character development. Where like once again, they you know Michael Schur and Amy Poehler they keep our eye off the ball a little bit we start to think it's going to be about um them reuniting for that one last task but then you quickly see right from the start that oh this is going to be a flash forward and we're going to get to see where everybody ends and up. i, I love, love that. that because i feel like all these shows what they do is they leave these open endings like oh my gosh you'll never know what happens to them in their life yeah because like that's for the imagination but no i don't watch tv to let my imagination roam free 
I want to know what happens to these people. <laughs> I think some people would say that they watch TV for that I exact am reason. not some people, okay? They need to read <laughs> their audience. You need finality. You need, like, yes. you need closure. Finale. What does it mean? <laughs> okay? I do need... I want to know what happens to them. I've invested so much of my life and my time into these people that like you, you can't just like tell me they live their life like what does that mean i'm barely living my life okay i don't know where we're going there's so i don't need that many that makes me feel good thanks for that okay you know what i mean in in the metaphorical sense it's fine <laughs> but <laughs> but like yeah to see all of them not only be successful in the ways you imagine them to be but then to also see how these people both grow apart but stay together was really the beauty yeah, of for those the important flash. moments yeah. yes not and it's not just about like showing up it's about how they're interconnected in each other's lives and that's what gives it so much meaning and that's what makes you go oh my god i don't want this show to end no i didn't want it to end oh. like i didn't did not want it to end at all like I, I feel like there's only one show that i feel like tried to do something really similar to that that well i mean how i met your mother does something very similar new girl does something very similar but i just feel like the way that new girl's final season ended like it just it's it's not great it's the worst season of the show so the way that it's it builds up to that final episode like you really I don't know. I just don't feel like the payoff is as substantial because what you're what you're led up to is um, it, like it's a rocky finish, basically. Mm-hmm. Same with How I Met Your Mother. Like I've started to I've started to like look at that finale episode with a more positive light, even though I'm not too fond of it. Mm-hmm. But um i don't think it's all bad like but i think that the season that preceded it mm-hmm. is really bad so it, the fact that like parks and rec's final season not only were they ramping up for that payoff yeah. but they had every character like you know put in place kind of like a puzzle piece so, to try and like so put them good. in the the spot that they needed to be for that that flash forward to work and you know also why it works so well because the whole final season is a flash forward and they and they successfully showed how they continued to have different kinds of struggles as they grew in their life and like those struggles how it like made them clash but then ultimately made them stronger friends and what that relationship meant at the end of the day and how that changed and how that continued like it was yeah. just so it could it could have ended at season six it really like it could, could have, have they could have ended it without any three years later and they would have done thing. the thing that i hate yeah. oh my god and could you imagine you would you wouldn't even be referring it to be, it as one of your favorites I mean, I would. I really like that ending too. <laughs> but, ah. Uh, what is your favorite line of the show? John, I don't memorize lines like no, you. No, like, what is your favorite moment of the show outside of Ben and Leslie's, Leslie's engagement? Okay, fine. Because I have a favorite <sighs> line, but there like. There's so many. Okay, let me think. Let me think. You go first. Well, I, I love when Ben Wyatt finds out that. Um, that Dave is still in love with Leslie and he's Dave's a cop. <laughs> and he's like, he's still in love with you. And he has a gun. 
<laughs> and then like 10 minutes later, um, like it's just like amazing work from Adam Scott, but like 10 minutes later, he's like, he drives to the bar to like talk to all the cops to get their support. And then one of them offers him a drink and he's like, no, no thanks. And then the other, uh, I got to drive. And the other one's like, uh, you sure? Like, come on. Like we're all celebrating. He's like, yeah, I'll have some. And then like, the other one's like, don't do something you're going to regret. <laughs> He's like, why don't you guys just tell me what I, I should do? Like, it's so good. I'm telling you. Genius level comedy. It, it is like, it is literally watching you in a cartoon no, form. That would be me. I would be very uncomfortable. I'd just be like, you tell, you tell me. I don't know. <laughs> I know. I'm scared. I'm scared. <laughs> Stop. Okay. I think my favorite moment... I don't know. Okay. Um, the moment that keeps coming up in my head is that season six finale. As much as I love the last episode, the finale finale, because of what it like, it leaves such a good taste in my mouth. But that moment of season six where they do the flash forward for the first time and you goes from that oh, empty yeah. floor jolting, to yeah. just like a busy room and Leslie is like commanding the room. It's like for the first time, not the first time, but really like... It's like the show has been culminating to that moment and you see it come to fruition and you see Ben and Leslie living their best life and then they have these crazy triplets and then they're like going to some event and like their life is crazy and it was just so satisfying to watch and you just watch it and you're just like I need more I need more and thankfully we had a whole other season of it but like it was just so so what do we think? Pertiti picks Parks and Recreation. What, what are we thinking? A success on this one? John, all of my picks are a success. So all you're right. going to have to come with come up with a new like. You guys heard it here first. All of our picks are a success. So, you know, we 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 got some other ones that I'm are coming the next couple months. So. You should know by personal experience that I'm always right. Okay. Oh, come on. <laughs> we're, we're moving on. We're moving Let's on. Let's say it segment. together. <laughs> I'm going to be closing this podcast for good. Well, thank you for having me on. Of course. Now, I want to I want to end the um, end the podcast with a couple more things. So, by proclaiming how much you love me, I was going to say there's a line delivery of the week that I wanted to send out to all of our listeners. So, oh, so not that. That's um, fine. <laughs> just, a, just a thing that we do on here. If you listen to my podcast, you would know that this is something that I do. <sighs> but line delivery of the week, it is Andy Dwyer's um, If You Rearrange Europe, <laughs> uh, the words Peru, you get Europe. Um, and you got to rearrange them. It's just... So it's just, true. Just look up your or look up Peru Andy Dwyer, and you will see one of the funniest things that you've ever seen. That's true. <laughs> but then um, let's let's move on. One more thing before we end the podcast. Um, any recommendations that you'd like to give to the listeners, not to me, but to the listeners? What do you mean? Recommendations? Anything like anything you've been watching? Because personally, me, I'm watching the TED Show. I think it's hilarious. John, I only watch TV with you. What free time? I don't know. I, sometimes you like pull up your phone and you're watching something, and I don't know what you're, you know, what, what you're. 
my god. When you have 15 minutes of free time, what you watch? I don't know what I watch either when I... YouTube. Okay, don't out me here. Hey, it's not I've watched, very I'm nice. outing myself. I watch YouTube instead of TV. <laughs> <laughs> I had to like figure out, what am I going to recommend this week? I only watch Curtis Connor videos. Oh my god, my favorite. Okay. What? My recommendation, which is on our list, okay. is Jane the Virgin. Well, I think that could be... A, a future episode of Pertiti Picks for sure. Right. I think Jane the Virgin. So when I watch TV, I feel like TV should be a good combination of escapism and entertainment. I am not mm, looking. Novel concepts. It is. Thank you. <laughs> I'm going to patent to this right now. Anyways, <laughs> I'll, I'll get a, I'll get on the horn with the patent office. Make sure that they uh, <laughs> make sure that they know that no one has ever said but that like, before. Honestly, I I you like all of these very convoluted shows that have too much going on. And no, from, sometimes I don't like them. Sometimes I just power through. Power through. See, that's the kind of show I don't want to watch. The ones you have to power through. Yeah. I feel like there's so many things in life that you have to think so hard about and power through. Where it's well, like, for TV, you just want to just enjoy the drama a, you know what i mean sometimes you want it to be a stressful experience you know but like jane the virgin is the good kind of stress where the plot has so much going on but it is so wild and so silly where you're like what is happening and it just makes it just for like the most enjoyable experience well you've you've convinced me before and you'll convince me again and uh see you in eight years no <laughs> <laughs> oh well yeah we'll we'll have one another podcast in eight oh years on your next recommendation and well we have a joint recommendation don't we selling sunset oh my gosh yes i mean it's so good we're on season four now i mean i've watched it but yeah well i'm getting myself immersed in the drama and i'm obsessed which so reminds me we should watch that tonight we do need to watch it tonight actually <laughs> I'm very, I'm very excited. I'm going to see what uh, happens with Christine. So, the 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 listeners that do not watch Selling Sunset, um, don't don't listen to me. I'm spoiling things here, but but yeah, Christine <laughs> drives me insane. But you already knew that. But one more thing skips. How many one more things do you have? Do we? No, I'm just saying. Is there anything that we want people to avoid? Anything that sucks, and we just say, yeah, skip it. Because I got one, Suicide Squad. The, I rewatched the old 2016 Suicide so Squad. So why'd you rewatch it if you I'm making a like video, it. and I wanted to see like if it's if it's any good. You know, if I was wrong about it or anything. And I just I watched it again, and I'm like, this is this is pretty bad. Like it's just a bad movie. And I, I get it. I get some people really like that movie. Like my my dad likes that movie. I asked him like, do you like what? Did you watch the new Suicide Squad? Mm-hmm. And he's like, I prefer the old one. And I kind of hated the new one. And I'm like, you know what? That's fair. That's, that's fair. The the new one is a little bit like unwieldy and weird. But I just I couldn't get on board with the David Ayer version. My skip. Hmm. <laughs> skip being on this podcast with me until no. nine thirty p.m oh my gosh i know i'm like falling asleep anyways my skip okay 
Mission Impossible, the second one. Yeah, that's fair. That's yeah, we, fair. We, st- we started watching it, and we actively skipped it because it was so bad. Yeah, we just moved on to the rest of the series because... It was, it was like the plot sucked, the slow... What was it? The slow-mo? Gunfu. <laughs> oh, God. Hey, okay. I like John Woo. John Woo directs good movies, just not Mission Impossible 2. You, know? you should watch Face Off. That's good. Nicholas Cage and John Travolta swap faces. Let's come up with these lists. That'll be on John Picks. <laughs> John Picks. This whole show is John yeah, Picks. It's literally John Speaks. Oh my god. <laughs> Thanks for coming on. This was so much fun. <laughs> Thanks for having me. I'm happy to be here. I love you. I love you too. <laughs> There's going to be many, many Pratiti Picks segments, so... Uh, I'm excited to see what you recommend to not only me, but to everybody else that is going to listen. So i um, very excited to keep doing this. Sounds like a plan. I'm very excited to, for you to uh, start listening to my podcast and reading my Substack and watching my YouTube videos. So You know, now you're just making a list. And Speaking of, a uh, quick plug, YouTube video coming out very soon, coming out on the 23rd. Um, gonna make a whole big thing of it. So stay tuned. Uh, no. follow me on YouTube, Substack, um, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, you know, wherever you, wherever you get your news, I'm going to be there probably. So see, I'm excited for this YouTube video. I will be watching that. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm very excited. I, I think, um, you know, this, this is the hardest I've worked on anything. So and I'm proud of you. I'm proud of myself too. So thank you. But, um, Until next time, this is Pratiti Picks, John Dudley Speaks, the podcast, and uh, thanks for joining us. Yeah. Bye. Bye.